iNet Mobile for more safety on the road. Dear audience, my name is Ludmila Der. I'm the Managing Director of Elite Experts Conferences and I would like to welcome you to the next episode of the Elite Experts Conferences podcast. Whether at live events or in the digital world, we bring together cool promising tech startups with exciting innovative global players and generate a platform where the world of sustainable technology meets. Get to know the different companies, but also the inspiring leader personalities behind these brand names. Our motto is towards a better and cleaner future through knowledge transfer and technology. Our guest today is Shuki Herzlinger from iNet Mobile. Shuki, you have a very technical background, to say precisely in electronics, additionally with an MBA. However, you were always drawn to sales and were VP or director of sales in several big companies. Since a little more than a year, you are a VP of business development at iNet, and that is your first startup experience. Let me give our audience a brief description of what iNet stands for. iNet is an Israeli technology product company engaged in the design and development of cellular-based vehicle-to-everything, the so-called V2X accident prevention solutions. iNet trademark is designed to provide real-time pre-collision alerts to vehicles and vulnerable road users such as pedestrians, cyclists, scooter drivers and so on by using smartphones and relying on existing cellular networks. In just a few seconds we will learn how this all works in practice, where the benefits and potential gaps are and what use cases already exist. And of course we'll also talk about big and inspiring visions about the advantages and challenges in the life of a startup company, about leadership and self-development. Let's get started. Shuki, the path from electronics to director of sales or even to a VP of business development is, in my opinion, a very, very long one. So what was the driving force for you to go right after you study in exactly this direction? So what is so attractive about sales and business development for you? Well, I always had a passion for technology. I also love people and the personal interactions. So therefore, the sales and business development of technologies are a good combination for me. When you help your customer to solve problems and to solve his challenges, it gives you a good feeling of satisfactions and success. So many of my global business partners, they became also personal friends. This also helps in networking and establishing new connections. And actually, in the end, what cannot be underestimated that you still have a lot of technical understanding and you still need that to do, let's say, business development or sales for technical companies. That's absolutely true. So, Shuki, the foundation of iNet is strongly connected with another startup that we already know. And um, or actually, it's not even a startup. It's already a scale-up company, no? so Foresight Automotive. And our audience know them because we already presented them already in one of our podcasts. So would you like to tell me and our audience the story of how iNet was founded? Yes, so iNet started in 2016 as a project within Foresight Automotive. The project was actually incubated in Foresight until the completion of the feasibility and the proof of concept stages. So later in May 2018, the Foresight Management decided to spin the project out and establish it as an independent company that focused only on the V2X challenges 
and is engaged in the design and in the development of cellular-based collision prediction and uh, prevention solutions. So today, INET is an independent company and is highly involved in the commercial stage of the technology and introduce it into the market. Now, let me connect that to the other question, actually. Is there still a constant technical exchange with the Foresight Automotive team or are you completely independent from each other? I mean, on the technical level. So beside minor mutual logistic and accounting services, the two companies are completely independent of each other. So, however, from time to time, we share the technical knowledge, some marketing connections and the experience with our colleagues at Foresight in both ways. So actually you both benefit. So it, it, it goes also that you can also suggest something that might be, let's say, useful for Foresight Automotive as well. No? Is that correct? That's correct. And you joined the INET team, let's say, a bit more than one year ago. So what was so special about this startup that attracted you to lead their business development? So basically because that's your first startup experience, as I mentioned in the introduction part. Yes, that's correct. So uh, before joining INET, I worked for over 10 years at a company which were offering smart fleet management and IoT solutions. And then when I heard the first time about INET, I was fascinated not only by the technology and the great team, but also by the fact that this technology will contribute to making our streets uh, safer and to save some lives. So I saw this as a real challenge and also as a personal excitement to be involved in the market development. And then I decided to join the team. So basically, I guess you always need kind of a new challenge. No? So, and you would have a challenge there. And also, I see the connection. I mean, smart fleet management. You can use the knowledge that you already acquired, let's say, within those years and uh, use that for um, INET Mobile as well. So perfect. And what is actually the higher meaning of INET Mobile? What is your vision as a company? We believe that uh, road safety is a fundamental issue in the modern mobility landscape. And we see the exper exponential growth in population and also in vehicles, which is used in our ecosystem. So our vision is to protect all road users, not only the drivers, not only the vehicles. So it includes the vulnerable ones, such as cyclists and pedestrians. And we will protect them with smart collision prevention solution while using existing infrastructure and making it available to all road users. Sounds all super promising. And now let's get technical and understand really how it works. So basically, Shuki, how does your technology make the roads safer? How exactly are the more vulnerable traffic participants protected? Well, uh, INET is a cellular-based V2X, a vehicle-to-everything safety solution, which relies on the existing infrastructure and it can be used with any smart device. So changing the paradigm This is our added value, which is derived from uh, two conceptual methods. So first, the conventional ADA system relies on cameras, on sensors, and it analyzes objects inside the field of view. If the system sees a threat, the, it will alert the driver in the vehicle. Now, the INET system relies on the existing infrastructure, and that means it does not require additional hardware like cameras or sensors, and it will analyze the movement of all users, and that's outside the field of view. It will alert in a critical mo moment, even before either side will be able to see each other. So the system, in our case, will alert both users and allow them to act and prevent the collision. So in other words, INET operates outside the field of view, while a conventional uh, ADA system will operate inside the field of view. And also INET will alert all involved users 
while a conventional ADA system will alert only the driver in the vehicle. And that means that we do not compete, but we do complete the existing technology. And also the iNet solution can be integrated with systems in the vehicle as well as with standard smartphones. And the smartphones are used by almost everyone while driving, cycling, walking. So iNet will also run in the background of an iOS or Android system all the time and will protect all road users using just a smartphone with our NCDK installed. I love this slogan, let's say, it's not about competing, it's about completing. So basically you then combine the knowledge and provide a whole solution, let's say, for all the participants in the traffic. But uh, let me make it even more practical. Let's say I'm on a bike and I have a smartphone and I have your application. So basically when I'm in a dangerous zone, I will get an alert, right? So before something can happen so that I have enough time to react. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. In, in which way can that be? I mean, is it sound? Is it vibration? How can I really, I mean, tangibly imagine that? How will that happen? Okay, the, the way that our system will alert, uh, we will use all possible ways to get the attention of the uh, user. In the case of a smartphone, we will uh, use the sound, the vibration, and of course, a message on the display. In case the solution will be integrated inside the vehicle, just as an example, it can be used in the infotainment system, then we can use the existing sound and display systems that we have in the vehicle. So both ways are possible uh, depending on the integration and on the use case. Shuki, can we also use a demonstrative example of how it can be actually implemented in the industry? So do you have already a running proof of concept or commercialization project you can talk about so that we can have some examples? Yes, uh, iNet is a B2B2C oriented company and therefore we offer to integrate our SDK into third-party applications uh, such as navigation, mobility and micro-mobility applications or platforms. And that way the deployment will be with hundreds of thousands or millions of users with each integration. And in addition, we target the automotive market. There we offer direct integrations with the vehicle ECU or aftermarket accessories such as connected infotainment systems, dash cams, or head-up displays. We have made already several successful pilots and proof of concept with those market segments, in addition to a large-scale trial. But uh, unfortunately, due to non-disclosure agreements, I cannot share the company names. Yeah, that's understandable. But this means also that, in principle, the technology can be installed in a car, a bike, a scooter, but also directly in the cell phone of a pedestrian, for example. So what is the latent time between danger detected and alarm reported. So should the signal be sent directly to the car so that the brakes are applied immediately? Or how does it, does it work in an emergency case? So would you like to share also here some examples on that? Of course, that's a good question. So uh, first of all, some of our challenges were the network latency and GPS accuracy. So our in-house developed cutting-edge software architecture and set of uh, algorithms compensate for the network latency and our prediction and extrapolation algorithms, they compensate for the GPS accuracy. And also the system will run on any third generation networks and up. So this enables the solution to predict the collisions. It will alert all involved road users and allow them to act and prevent the uh, collision. Uh, to the, your second question, in the future, we believe that collaboration with automotive OEMs uh, will allow our solution to connect with the existing camera and sensor-based ADA system to send a signal to, to, to the car braking system. 
So actually the good point is already that you do not need to invent anything or you do not need to place anything in the car. You already work with existing systems of ADAS, correct? That's correct. Shuki, what if we now start from the very small throat user, so so small that they do not have a cell phone? So, And <laughs> let me make a joke, but actually nowadays we have almost to assume that they are babies, right? <laughs> Who wouldn't have a cell phone nowadays? But, okay, joking aside... Are these cases that your technology does not cover or is it also possible to integrate this technology into clothes, for example, or something like that? So like just as protectors, for example, are almost standard in children's clothings. So could this high-tech chips as well? So or am I now in the area of uh, science fiction and it's not uh, relevant and not realistic at all? Well, we have to understand that the INET solution relies on existing infrastructure and it does not require additional hardware, but it does require a smart device like a smartphone, a cellular network and a valid GPS signal. So uh, road users with a smartphone and the INET SDK installed are protected. Uh, we believe that future collaborations with other technology providers will enable protecting additional users uh, using different solution carriers. But that's for the future. Okay. But I mean, you always need something you can look forward to. So so to really make the streets safer, you need uh, certainly, let's say, proper density of users. Let's call it like this. Now, so ideally, the, the more, the better. So what is the current acceptance of this application? And how do you motivate users to participate, actually? And basically, how is the monetization model structured? So who is the driving force? Who is interested in implementing that? So it's correct that a high density of users will lead to an ideal solution. But to explain the density, so as an example, 500,000 users in the USA will be less effective than only 100,000 users in a city like Berlin. So this is also the, uh, our guideline on selecting our potential customers. So meaning that even one application serving a city may reach the required density. So therefore, for fast deployment, we target third-party uh, applications to integrate the INET SDK as a road safety feature. And we, that will enable them offering their customers a collision prevention solution, and it's free of charge. So the basic solution, uh, the collision prevention, uh, prediction and prevention solution is free of charge for everyone. For the revenue streaming, we offer additional plans with features such as automatic emergency call, bike awareness and other group safety and family safety feature. And that's for an additional fee as a revenue sharing model. But still, the main driving force is the wish to protect also the vulnerable road users and to save some lives. What is the family feature? Or family package feature, or how you call it? <laughs> the uh, group safety and family safety features that are still in uh, development are uh, features that if you, for example, uh, in a group of bikers, let's say 10 bikers are together, and then one of them is missing, so the other nine, the remaining nine ones, uh, will get an alert that they are missing one from the group. And you can adjust that, I mean, like saying, okay, what is missing? When does it start? When there's like uh, 300 meters uh, away from you or let's say uh, one kilometer or something like that. So you can define that yourself. So how, how exactly is it uh, defined? Of course, that will be adjustable. It depends on the use case. If it's a cyclist, uh, then I would say 100 meters and more than uh, two, three or five minutes. 
Uh, so everything is adjustable. And again, according to the uh, use case, if it's a group of uh, running people or a group of cyclists. Perfect. Yeah. Very nice feature, actually. So I see the practical value that in even in my everyday life. So Shuki, and you mentioned already previously, like one of the technical challenges that you could solve, um, that was uh, uh, the latency time. No? But um, what are currently your biggest challenges? So is this still the technical development or is it basically finding the right partners to scale? So the solution is stable and solid. We solved all major technical challenges and our solution is now commercially available. So the current big challenge, biggest challenge is to find the right partners. We are looking for the innovative companies, the early adapters of new technologies and those who are looking forward to the global Vision Zero trend. Okay, let's dive into this topic of, let's say, collaborations and, um, yeah, also competitors. No? So, um, you as a team, you have recognized the potential of this technology and you are trying to introduce it commercially. No? So, and they are certainly competitors. I'm pretty sure they are. So, who is trying to create something similar? Small companies try to develop software V2X solutions like iMet. We saw that over the last one, maybe one and a half years, they decided to stop the development due to either financial or uh, technological challenges. Now, INET has a very strong financial background from Foresight Automotive, its mother company, and we were able to solve all technological uh, uh, challenges. So you can see also that the latest trend is that big companies like telecom operators and automotive OEMs are collaborating to develop solutions that INET has already developed. So we are offering, as far as we know, the only fully tried and tested available solution in the market. We are ready for commercial integration. There are also hardware vehicle to everything, V2X solutions in development. Their challenges is the low availability of semiconductors, a lot of regulations, and they require the deployment in all vehicles. And it might take more than 10, maybe 15 years until most of the vehicles will be equipped with their system. But until then, there are many lives that we can save with INET, with INET software solution that can be used with any standard smart device and is already available. So we believe also that in the future, once the hardware solution will be in place, it will connect also with INET's user network to protect also the vulnerable road users, which are outside the field of view. Perfect. I mean, you have a huge time advantage because you are so advanced in the development. You have already a solid and uh, yeah, commercial solution, basically, and you uh, solved already a lot of technical challenges. So I guess now it's really like about implementing and finding the right partners. No? And when I think about possible use cases for your technology, operators of huge fleets immediately come to my mind. So be it company vehicles, but also commercial vehicles or rental cars, so, but also the providers of car insurances, because every accident increases the administrative costs and they should be definitely be interested in avoiding accidents. So do you have already corporations in this direction? That's a good point. We made already several pilots with the fleet management solution providers, and we are currently discussing also collaboration with the car and micromobility sharing fleets in Europe, in the US, and also in Japan. So uh, we believe that very soon we'll see fleet operators adapting our technology on a large scale. And once we reach the critical mass and density, 
I believe that the car insurance providers will also follow. Where else do you already have established collaborations between INET and other companies? We are currently involved with pilots and proof of concepts worldwide with several automotive OEMs, uh, as well as with third-party application providers and uh, micromobility platform providers. And these are mainly in Japan, in the USA and in Europe. Are there any other partnerships and cooperations planned? So which companies should contact you if they are interested in working with you? We are mostly interested in collaborations with the innovative companies in the automotive field, as well as with third-party application providers who are willing to join the global Vision Zero trend. And uh, as mentioned before, this will enable them to offer their customers a life-saving solution on top of their standard offerings. And the focus geographics are uh, Europe, Japan, and the USA. Exactly. And when you mention, okay, Europe, Japan, USA, do you actually notice geographical differences in how well your technology is accepted somewhere? And if so, how do you interpret that? Since our solution relies on existing infrastructure, we are focused on geographics where the mobile networks are stable and the penetration rate of smartphones is high. And that's, of course, in addition to the automotive market. So INET is currently focused, therefore, on the markets in Japan, Europe, and the US, but is also active in other countries like India, also with significant pilots. And when it comes to, let's say, end users, do you see more acceptance in the Asian market in comparison to US and Europe? Because, you know, like culturally, it's, it's kind of known that Asian people are more open to something that is innovative and new. They are attracted by new things. And we in Europe, especially like, oh, first, let me see, let me see some other people use that and then I will come and join, you know, like, do you see such kind of differences? I believe that there are differences in the cultures of the countries, as you mentioned, but still we need to uh, look at the complete picture with is the acceptance as well as the uh, stable networks uh, and the availability of, of smartphones. So taking this into account, that's why we decided for the geographics that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And now please tell me and our audience as well, based on your years of experience as startup sales, how strong is this human factor, this sympathy in a business decision? So to buy or not to buy, to cooperate or not to cooperate. So is it really just like all just business or does the sympathy and chemistry between people also play a big role or maybe even the biggest role? I believe that the human factor has a high influence on decision makers. So in pre-COVID times, traveling and face-to-face -face meetings were a must. And I remember how challenges were often solved outside the conference rooms over coffee or over a beer. Now, during COVID, we learned and adapted to web meetings and non-personal relationships. But now, uh, when the face-to-face -face meetings are getting back, I believe that the new normal will be a mixture of face-to-face -face, uh, meetings and web meetings. But in the end, people do business with people. Thank you for actually confirming something that I always teach, like, okay, it's not B2B, it's not B2C, it's H to H, human to human. <laughs> so basically, that's it. And to be honest, I mean... We are here in our podcast now, and if pandemic didn't happen, and if we would not go to the digital world, let's say, this podcast would not exist. <laughs> But <laughs> don't mention it anywhere else. 
So let's move from corporations to leadership, to self-development and challenges, personal challenges, actually. You come from the corporate environment. So what have been the biggest challenge you faced so far now in your startup life? So basically, what were the lessons learned so far? Because I, I, I think that it must be like really huge difference coming from big corporations and now starting to work in a startup life. So how is it? Yes, there are huge differences. Uh, the startup environment is always uh, fast and exciting. You must be very creative and make sure to find the right partners to work with in the same atmosphere. So uh, another challenge in a startup like INET is to educate the market with new technologies and new concepts. We need our customers to trust our system. Just for an example, in a conventional ADA system, you will see the threat when, you, when the system is alerting. In our case, we will alert on objects that you cannot see since they are outside the field of view. So we need to convince the customer that he must trust our new technology. And that's a new challenge. And that's also like, okay, understanding on the very human level, what are their needs? When you need to convince a customer to buy your technology, would you point more on the let's say on on the benefits why should they do that or on the on the technical features of the development and how do you try to convince the customer to buy how do you notice actually oh, okay now it's the right timing now they have a lot of pain points and now you solve let's say the right uh, challenge in their lives so the uh, main benefit that we are offering to our customers is to protecting their lives. We can see uh, from, we can learn from the statistics that uh, most of the uh, collisions and accidents, uh, the uh, vulnerable road users are more than 50% that are involved in that. And the uh, vulnerable road users do not have any existing safety solution like the cars have. And that's actually the main benefit for the first time we will alert not only the driver, but also the vulnerable road user. And for the first time, we have a solution to offer for those vulnerable road users. Thank you very much. And also, you have so many years of experience in sales and business development. So what to do with this been there, done that, seen that before attitude after so many years of experience? So how do you stay curious And how to keep on learning, be it in technical topics, but also in the topics of leadership. You always need to challenge yourself and keep learning about new and uh, different topics. And one way to do this is to be surrounded by very knowledgeable and interesting people. So you can always learn from them and also exchange experiences. Uh, and that's exactly why I joined the INET startup team. So basically after, I guess in the last position, you were like for 13 years. No? So basically you needed a new excitement, a new challenge. That's correct. And after one year, almost one year with INET, I definitely made the correct choice. That's very, very good. And it's super important. I mean, you have to be confident and where you go and that that's the right company to fight for. And when we think, okay, INET is a technical company, so you could have learned also something new what is technical, but you could have learned also something more in the leadership and let's say about the human factor and so on. So where did you learn most, technical or more on the human level? I would say both uh, because techni technical, uh, as mentioned before, there is a huge challenge and it's a new technology and it's all about market education. So uh, it's both. 
On the, the human level, uh, it's, it's quite a challenge since we do not have or almost do not have the face-to-face meetings. So it's a different approach compared to what we were used to. But I believe that we adapted very well and I'm very happy that face-to-face meetings are getting back now. Yeah, true. You started basically in the middle of everything, right? So, or actually after the first wave of all the lockdowns and the pandemic horror and so on. So, but yeah, still... But I mean, even the normal, in normal, whatever normal means, in normal times, uh, business development activities, they can be very difficult and very challenging. So sometimes you have to be super passionate because the collaboration partner is maybe super, super, super slow. And sometimes they can be super demanding and prefer that you would have delivered results yesterday. So how do you handle these kind of difficulties? So what is your strategy when things are not going according to a plan? I believe that in the professional as well as in personal life, you have sometimes to make your choices and priorities. You cannot fight on all fronts at the same time. You you need to choose your most important, not necessarily the most urgent, but the most important issues and handle them first. And I completely, if, if I get completely out of focus, I just stop for a couple of hours and start again while reorganizing my thinking. And in those hours, you just, let's say, try to relax and get rid of everything um, out of your mind or you try to plan for the future. So what do you do in those hours? I try to relax and handle something totally different uh, as a therapy. Perfect. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. And Shuki, what was the best advice you ever heard? I would say the best advice is that there are always good opportunities around you. You just need to recognize them. But saying this, you still need to be very careful. Too many opportunities might cause you to defocus on your goals. And that's especially if you're in a startup company. So actually, as you mentioned, again, it's all about priorities. Decide what are your priorities. You cannot handle everything. There are always more opportunities than you can handle, basically. But it's it's a good. Shuki... Thank you very much for being here, for sharing your knowledge, for sharing what is INET all about and for everything that you do for, let's say, in the bigger picture. So basically saving lives and bringing new innovative development on the market. And as you said, like having this challenge, educating the market, actually creating something from zero. So thank you very much for this inspiring minutes and would be nice to have you back anytime. I would like to thank Elite Express conferences and especially Ludmila for having me here. I enjoyed the podcast and I hope this is the first of many other activities we will have together. Also, many thanks to the audience. If you have any questions or would like to receive any further information about INET, please feel free to approach me and I will be more than happy to get back to you. Yes, absolutely. That's very nice that uh, you mentioned that. Dear audience, if you see there's some, let's say, value in creating a collaboration together, so reach out to us, reach out directly to Shuki. Please use this opportunity. Please use this podcast as a platform of collaborating with each other. So definitely, you are always welcome to come and to reach out and uh, yeah, start new innovative collaborations. And let's change the world for the better. Thank you very much. There are many ways to achieve a more sustainable future. There are many companies and innovative leaders who choose and actively go very different ways. Let's just not forget one thing. No matter how different the ways are, the big goal is one and the same. See you very soon in the next episode.